Hey, Real Nerds. There's many ways to enjoy the Real Nerds podcast. You can listen to us on Stitcher, iTunes, and now Spotify and iHeartRadio. You can see what we're up to around town by following us at Real Nerds on Instagram. And if you want to send us your thoughts, you can email us at realnerds at gmail.com or call us at 720-6NERDS5. Like us on Facebook at Real Nerds Podcast or tweet us at Real Nerds. And now on with the show. podcast unofficially the official podcast of denver pop culture con 2021, 2021. and beyond, and beyond. I, i'm ryan with me is zach and brad and i'm coming to you live apparently and through a me. ham radio and me and kellen's here too tell, tell us I, I love that filter on your voice, Ryan. Just do me a favor and tell me this is the Pepsodent show starring Bob Hope. <laughs> is there an Aurora Borealis going on? Because it sounds like the movie Frequency when you're like talking to your son over a ham radio. Right now. <laughs> this adds to like um, to credibility. This, this will be like the call-in show, like, you know, in the old days where people would call into the radio. and. Um, so talk, talk to us about your relationship problems. So, um, what was what was the name of the lady in Denver? Uh, Delilah. Cozy. Yes. Oh man, it's Delilah. so sad that I know that. Yeah, how did you pull that out <laughs> of your head? And is it more sad that I mentioned her and I was like, "What is her name?" And then you're Delilah. <laughs> yeah. I've been holding on to that trivia for twenty years. <laughs> I used to sit in my bed and use my light bright and <laughs> listen to Delilah. Yeah. Honestly, though, like. <laughs> Cozy yeah. and what was the other one? Mix 105 had the 80s stuff. So yeah, that is true. Is Back mix then, o- is Mix 105 now Mix 100? Actually, it's Mix 100. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Cool, cool. 105 is 105. Some? They change a bunch of stuff constantly. 106.7 is now a country station, which really irks me. Yeah, you know, I can, I can do the cozy jingle from a long time ago. Cozy 101. <laughs> They Nailed have it. a version of that still to this day, like Cozy One Hundred One. Cozy Nine Hundred Six. Cozy Nine Hundred Six. Yeah, that's the new station so, that Real Nerds from. <laughs> Every week on Real Nerds podcast, we see a new movie and we podcast our experience of the world. This week, we streamed Borat subsequent movie film. Nice. Yep, we're never going to do that again. My wife. Uh, no, 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 no Borat impressions on this podcast. Aww. Not allowing it. Was, was the movie that bad? You're not allowing it too. No, it's just uh, Zach's impression is that bad. So I don't uh, want to hear it anymore. Well, I'm, not, I'm not even no. trying. Go <laughs> <But> tell me. <laughs> oh, well, then let's hear you're trying to be Borat. My wife. Sounds the same. Okay. It's the computer, clearly. It's also not an idiot. Yeah, it's, it's, it's my ham radio. You're coming in a little fuzzy. 
God, I just really want you to be the announcer on a show that I must have heard from back in the 1930s. Like, <laughs> anyway, yeah, nice. we're at. Yeah, it's good stuff. So stay tuned to the end of the podcast, and we'll tell you if you see the film or not. Play the trailer and then spoil the film. Yeah. Uh, we also talk about movies that are coming out on Blu-ray, movie news, and films we've watched throughout the week. Um, I. Brad, is the drive-in still going? Well, let's find out. Hey, film buddies. Follow me around Denver. Uh, b- barely. Uh, the Holiday Twin, I cannot look up showtimes, so I think they are done for the season. Now that Halloween's over, and uh, the 88 drive-in lineup uh, usually goes through Thursday. So uh, for Halloween weekend, they did have uh, Corpse Bride, I Am Legend, and It. Uh, so I think that would last into Thursday. So, um, But I don't think, I don't know if they're going to do anything after that. So we'll see. Yeah, it is that time of year where everything starts to wind down and everyone goes inside to spread coronavirus to their families. Um is the season right? <laughs> yeah, I just came from Michigan, so um, I'm I'm hoping to get it to my parents. So, <laughs> what uh, were you in Detroit? Yeah. No <laughs> oh, fun. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, hopefully, you guys have already voted. I mean, I think I mentioned this last week on Film Explosion, but yeah, we took care of that. Everybody's voted. Good. Yes. Yep. We've all voted, and because tomorrow is election day, and yeah. <laughs> Buckle up, Boneheads. We're going for a ride. Hopefully, um, it's good news, and I don't have to suffer for four more years. Yep, yep. same. Yep. We're all hoping that the stupid will go away. It won't That's go away. That's the dream, right? Yeah, well, it'll, yeah, Brad's right. It'll never go away, but, like, there's one, there's a, a group of particular stupids we can get rid of, so. Yep. That's the dream. And of course, I'm talking about Tom Arnold's movie, The Stupids. Duh. <laughs> I forgot Remember that was a that thing. Movie again? Yeah, John Landis directed it. Look it up. It's a lot. <laughs> oh, John Landis should have killed those uh, three actors on his movie set, and then maybe he'd still be oh, making wow, movies. Oh, wow, we're going to bring up that story again. <laughs> cool. Oh, yeah, okay. that's what's going anyway, on around yeah. town. This somehow gets up tomorrow. Ah. Vote. <laughs> Movie news is depressing this week. It's real news. Um, um, I'm going to start with some bad news, go into some good news, and end on some mournful news. So that's the the trend we'll take. Um, So let's start off. Netflix is going to be raising their prices on standard and premium streaming plans starting in November. So if you've got a Netflix account, um, the uh, high definition quality will now cost thirteen ninety nine per month, um, and the streams uh, that allow you to watch up to four streams at a time will now cost seventeen ninety nine a month. So get your wallets ready for that, boys and girls. Um, I don't know. God damn it! Do we have the? Um, do we all have the basic kind of plans? I don't think. Like, I believe my family only has like up to like two two streams. So yeah, I've just got mine. In HD. Yeah. yeah. Do I sound better now? 
Yes, thank you. Immensely better. I can't. I don't know why you guys are so quiet. Like I was fucking with my phone, and I I don't know what's going on. Loud noises. Yeah, that's way better. Thank you. Can we start the show over? <laughs> no, because it loses its charm. Um. Fucking yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So Netflix, uh, they keep taking away my shows and charging me more. It's great. Yeah, it's I know. That's why. That's why it's. I was talking. There's there's an article from uh, that is on Variety or something. They put out that um, you know Amazon pretty much confirmed what we already knew that you don't own any of the stuff that you buy streaming from them. That was so, going to be part of the news, but let's talk about it now. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's does that surprise anybody? No, because we've talked about this. In fact, you're the one who basically pointed it out to me. So. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, if I'm going to make sure that somebody gets paid for the video, it'd be feasibly better to just rent it multiple times at that point. Or the more logical solution, which is if there's a physical copy available, get it. Um, um, I just want to let you know, this is news. Um, Kellen is sitting down next to me for the podcast, and he is eating rainbow-colored goldfish. Um, they look pretty delicious. Are they all cheddar flavored or are they different kinds of flavors? What flavor are they, Kellen? I mean, they're like the same as normal. So, yeah, cheddar, oh. I guess. So, they're just colorful. They'll make my yeah. food colorful. He's just eating what? toxic dyes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no, it says all natural on it. So, we're uh, the color is sourced from plants. Okay. Here's what it looks like. They, they can't see it, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Red shards and green shards and purple beets and stuff like that. Right on. Yeah. Some of them have eyes and all. Some of them just don't have anything on. Yep. Some have eyes. Some don't. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, yeah, Ryan, as you've said before, just just buy physical if you can. Like, if it's, if it's available yeah. in physical, just get it. And? <laughs> yeah. So, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's not shocking to me, but it's funny that that, story was trending and, and people were shocked i was reading the comments and people couldn't believe it and i and i've always said it, it's just like apple music or whatever you're you're not really buying the music you're paying for the right for them to download it onto your device so, and so you don't yeah i mean like at this point it seems like you'd be getting more money out of signing to a streaming service like the, the films themselves would be getting more money because like I mean, I've got I've got copies of movies on iTunes that I'm fairly sure have disappeared by this point, but I haven't bothered to look it up because I've switched all of those titles now to physical. So yeah. I don't have the I don't I don't have the only time that I've used digital rental or purchase of any kind is on documentaries from like PBS that I know are going to be around that service for a little bit. But if I can get a physical copy, I'm going to purchase. So. Um, well, and I guess also um, Never Sleep Again, I bought it because it was five bucks because I was like, I know I'll rewatch this a couple times before they take it away. So, uh, um, Yeah, I, well, I got the Blu-ray of that, but I think the Blu-ray of Never Sleep Again wasn't available for that long. Yeah, so that and, and I, every time I've looked for it, it seems like it's being sold used and like, I try not to go down that road unless I have no choice. So yeah. like, I, I just ordered 
Warner Brothers Gangster Collection Volume 4, which I haven't owned up to this point, and I'm going to finally get it. $69 new from Prime. I looked at the used, it's 24, but there's damage on the box. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to get it new. I'm not going to risk, mm-hmm. risk the used one. But all those films in there are available to rent via Amazon, via Warner Archive. But I would rather have the actual discs that they printed. <laughs> yep. So, but anyway, yeah, I I saw that story, uh, not not from you first, but um, one of our newer listeners, Mr. Jay Rickard, posted it on his Twitter. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, it took this that long to, like, it, it took them that long to just say it out loud. <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, let's move on though to another uh, depressing piece of news Um, this isn't uh, reflecting on us just yet but who knows it might movie theaters are closing in the UK again for national lockdown but film and production film and television production will continue Um, there is a second lockdown going on in the UK so as a result the theaters are shutting down once again so this does not look good for any theater chain that a US company might own out there or vice versa so um, yeah it's it's not shocking but it's still a bummer yeah it's like we're gonna we're gonna live in this world for a long time it's not it's not a wonderful thing what's more and I promise this will be the last piece of depressing news on this oh, theater guys. front. Uh, AMC is preparing to sell millions of stock in order to keep afloat. So they're desperate. Well, they have to because yeah. the movie companies have let hung them out to dry. Yep. They're leaving, them, they're leaving them dry. So this is the only way they can stay afloat for however long this will last. Because um, like, so here's I'm, Unhinged I'm kinda, and then here's Tenant and now we're going to pull every other movie. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm kind of just. I, if I'm being honest, I'm. I don't want to be a pessimist completely, but I am kind of just waiting to hear that one of these other companies starts going under, and then suddenly everything shuts down again. So, <coughs> I would rather hope that's not the case, but nothing's looking good. So, you know, I having some personal experience within that. So, you know, there's uh, just wear a fucking mask, people. Let's get this shit under control. Right. Can you hear this? Please. Um, but anyway, let's move on to some more positive um, news uh, within the week. Um, so if you'll recall, we were supposed to get a Halloween movie this year called Halloween Kills. It was supposed to be uh, the thing that I would um, sit for 24 hours in a theater rewatching the moment it opened. And that didn't happen because of the virus. But uh, we got a teaser earlier this year, and now we got another teaser, a little bit longer. Uh, showed some footage of people um, that we are familiar with, and also newcomers to the cast. Like um, uh, we got our, we got some more footage of Tommy Doyle uh, coming in there, Anthony Michael Hall. So that was pretty cool. Um, yep, yeah, I'm excited for this. Ryan, did you watch the teaser? Yeah, it looks like he's killing people. So yeah. I'm down. <laughs> and um, well, I mean, of course he's gonna do it anyway. What I lo- like about this is that it, it seems to start alluding to the fact that everybody's been saying that this particular Halloween is supposed to be really f- like a mean, a very mean horror movie. Like it's going to be nasty. And I'm curious to see how that plays within the world that they set up in that 2018 Halloween. So um, stay tuned for that. 
Um, I'll follow up that Halloween news. Uh, there's some more. David Gordon Green wrote a uh, children's book version of the <laughs> Halloween, first Halloween. It's called The Legend of Halloween. Um, David Gordon Green wrote it. And uh, uh, Mumblecore director Onar Turkle um, did the illustrations for it. Um, and you can see some preview art of it. Um, it looks really cute. Um, or as cute as... It's it's kind of bizarre, Ryan. Like when you when you shared me the shared me the link to it, I saw like the the drawings are beautiful, but it's so bizarre to think that somebody would think to make a children's book out of Halloween. And I'm glad that David Gordon Green was the one to do it. Um, I'm but, I'm probably gonna get it because it it's just interesting. Oh yeah, no, dude, I, I'm 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 already on board for it. I'm already getting it. Um, I really like the way they drew Loomis. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's kind of like unreasonably adorable. <laughs> um, and, uh, and Michael, Michael looks eternally confused, <laughs> but, but I, but I like it. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, uh, so yeah, you'll be able to uh, pick that up if you so wish. Um, and then we'll move into some other horror news. We're getting an insidious five. And not only are we getting Insidious 5, but we're getting some of the original cast back because Patrick Wilson will not only star in it, but he will be making his directorial debut with Insidious 5. So good for Night Owl, too. Uh, he really uh, was able to get out of that depressing funk as a superhero and rise to the occasion as a director now. So I'm, I'm, I'm proud of Patrick Wilson here. Um, and uh, they're bringing back Ty Simpkins as well to the series as well. And it's supposed to pick up years later after the events of Insidious Chapter 2. So. Well, I hope so, because Ty Simpkins does not look anything like he used to. No, <laughs> no, of course not. Definitely grown up. It's, you know, it's kind of trippy when you see him yes. in Avengers Endgame. Yeah, he, and, and you keep in mind, you know, he's had to go through a haunted house, and then he had to go on an entire journey with Iron Man and Iron Man 3. This kid has been through the ringer, you know? Like, I know. Several different forms of trauma hitting him, so... So yeah, but no, that it, this sounds like fun. I have still not seen Insidious: The Last Key, so this will compel me to catch up uh, to recap the Insidious series and finally watch The Last Key. Um, and then some more horror news: we're getting a remake of The People Under the Stairs uh, from producer Jordan Peele. Ryan, you've seen The People Under the Stairs, right? I, I have the uh, Scream Factory Collector's Edition of it. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen it, but if I remember it correctly, this might be some prime, some, some prime uh, fucking content for this year because it, uh, it gets extremely dark. Yeah, it's about, um, you know, the projects and things like that. Yep. yep. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting movie. I think he will do a good job with it, kind of updating it. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sure it'll rock. Um, but, yeah, stay tuned for that as it develops. And then the last little piece of horror news is that Joe Dante is going to be producing an all-female slasher movie called Sequel, and Danielle um, Harris will be directing the movie. So that's kind of cool that she gets to direct a slasher movie of her own. Um, the uh, the, the uh, James Moran is the writer. Um, uh, 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 James Moran is the writer. He wrote a film called Severance, which is a film that I learned about just today from another podcast. So I need to sit down and watch this film. So I already rented it. There is no other Um, podcast, Zach. There are plenty of podcasts, Ryan. You should check them out. They're all fun. Podcasting is a wonderful thing. Um, And especially in 2020, (laughs) we'll talk about that and what we've been watching. Um, Tiny Toons is coming back. 
the reboot of Tiny Toons Adventures called Tiny Toons University has gotten a pickup for two seasons from HBO Max. That's fun. You guys like Tiny Toons or were you too old for that? No, I enjoyed it. Back okay. in the Animaniacs days, but I watched the Animaniacs more. Yeah, that would make sense. I, we, we saw more Tiny Toons growing up than we did Animaniacs, but we had our, we had our, we had our fair share of both. But hmm. I barely remember the, the, the world of it. So I'm, I, I don't know if they're available. I have not looked to see if they're available on DVD, but if they are, I'm going to pick them up. Oh, I'm sure they are. Um, mm. In fact, I, they, I think they had the same packaging as Animaniacs when it came out. Okay. Because um, I just, I mean, I vaguely remember it. Yeah, I was, I mean, it was fun. It's, I mean, the story is, is it's like a new generation of Looney Tunes characters. Yeah. Yeah. Buster Bunny and um, Babs Bunny. Um, and Plucky Duck. Yeah. That, those are ones I'm remembering right now. Um, and then I know that the Looney Tunes themselves were their professors at their school. Yep. Yeah, I remember there was a uh, there was a road trip movie that they did one, and one of the jokes was the the Porky surrogate's family um, is on vacation and they're playing a game where they look outside the car and they just keep going. There's a car. There's a car. There's a car. <laughs> um, so yeah, that would be fun. And uh, now we'll move on to the mournful news. Um, we've had three deaths. Um, first off, this came off just the wire. Uh, Carol. Carol Arthur DeLuise, um, or Carol Arthur by her stage name, uh, passed away at the age of 85. She was a Broadway star. She worked with people like Dick Van Dyke on stage. But one of her most memorable uh, outings in a film is that in Blazing, Blazing Shadows, she plays the school marm, Harriet Johnson, who has the immortal phrase, you are the leading asshole in the state, <laughs> right before the, her speech ends. Because um, in it, she's writing a letter to the, uh, Honorable William J. Lepetamine. Um But yeah, she was Dom DeLuise's wife too. Um, but she had been um, fighting an 11 year battle with Alzheimer's disease. So um, uh, wonderful body work. She's also George Burns's um, uh, daughter in the Sunshine Boys. And she's wonderful in that too. She plays off of Richard Benjamin in some scenes really well. So but yeah, she will be, she will be dearly mm. missed. Um, and then the second one is Charles Gordon, um, who was the producer of Field of Dreams and Die Hard, died at the age of 73. Um, uh, Guess it wasn't that hard for him. <laughs> He's just dead, right? <laughs> yeah. um, he produced Die Hard, Die Hard 2, Leviathan, October Sky, uh, TV movies um, such as Just Our Luck, The Renegades, Lone Star, Our Family Honor, Things That Go Bump. Um, one of his more recent um, producing efforts was Hitman in 2007 and then Hitman Agent 47 in 2015. Um, That's so, what killed him. Oh, so it was Timothy Oliphant's fault is what you're telling me. Um, no, but yeah, um, he will be best. But guys, I think we all know what the actual big death of the, of the week is. And that's one that I certainly didn't see coming. Um, Sean Connery, um, our first Bond passed away at the age of 90. Um, he's more than Bond, though, as, as, as all the tributes have been pointing out to, you know, um, Ramirez in Highlander, Henry Jones Sr. in Indiana Jones in The Last Crusade, um, uh, Jim Malone in The Untouched. Sean Connery was more than Bond, but obviously if you watch his Bond movies, you understand how he created the phenomenon that he created. 
I don't know. I was, I'm more of a fan of his uh, Indiana Jones. His Indiana Jones, uh, Henry Jones Senior. That's yep. my favorite uh, character he's ever played. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm. I'm inclined to agree with you on like nostalgia's sake. Uh, if I'm judging just by like what I like watching in a movie, my favorite is Jim Malone in The Untouchables. But Henry Jones Senior is also a wonderful candidate for that. Um, if I'm picking through the Bond films, like honestly, I love him the most in Doc and uh, Goldfinger. So, but um, I, think, I think he's a it's a he's a great Bond in some pretty bad Bond movies. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, but the stories are. You know, I rewatched Doctor No not too long ago. I mean, the story's fine, but he's elevating it to a different level. Um, but um, you know, he and you know, I love him in The Rock. He's he's one of the reasons The Rock is amazing. Um, uh, but yeah, and actually. I talked about Sean Connery's performance in Marnie on one of our families. And while I don't like the character, I think Sean Connery is great in that role because he's asked to play a very, very difficult role in that movie. And I think he delivers really well. Um, it's just that that character is a piece of shit. <laughs> um, let's, but, not also, um, let's not forget uh, Sean Connery was also in the Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's right. Yeah. Yes, the Avengers, not Disney's Marvel's The Avengers. We should be clear about that. Um, and then his and his last role, of course, as we all remember, is the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, where he played Oof. Alan Quartermain, and then he oh. said, "I'm fucking done." <laughs> um, uh, Hunt for Red October. He, he's Dragonheart. Dragonheart. I am the last one. Um, I really so, yeah, wish um, he'd uh, done that uh, Skyfall cameo. Like he was supposed to be um, Albert Finney's role. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, that would have been fucking dope. <laughs> like it was. It was. Uh, it, the rumor is that uh, James Bond was actually gonna be a code name. Uh, so like, like there a series of James Bonds like live there. Kellen sounds so like a the- spooky ghost haunting the podcast. <laughs> no, no, it's just my goldfish. <laughs> well, he must let you know that out. he's still eating his goldfish. Get out of the house. We can hear what you're doing. Okay? You're gonna die in here. (laughs) And oh and also I'm I mean I'm gonna be I'm gonna be covering Sean again too because he's also has anybody here seen the man who would be king? No, I've heard of it. With Michael Caine. He's really good in it. Um I don't I, I don't love that movie, but he's but it's it's a movie where it, it, both the actors are easily watchable. So um and then um, of course, I'll never forget finding Forrester when he said, you're the man now, dog. Um, so, yeah, long, <laughs> ex- distinguished career. Um, well, at least I know I can make Kellen laugh. Um, but, yeah, died of age of 90. He had apparently been battling illness for a little while. So. Um, yeah. I'm proud it, Scotsman as well. He's, he's looked frail for years. Definitely an iconic yeah. uh, person. And... He, you know, he's left his mark on cinema. Yep. Yeah. Also, one of his first movies was a Disney movie, Darby O'Gill and the Little People. That's right. And he's fine. Yeah. The real attraction of that movie is Leprechaun, but he's good in it. Uh, anyway, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Bye-bye. Henry Jones Sr. <laughs> we'll be met. Yep. So, no, I know. I, I really... I'll probably watch The Last Crusade sometime in the next couple of days just because, you yeah. know, I want to. <laughs> I want to continue the Bond 
the Bond journey that I was going to go on before I enter a horror. Um, I'll report back on from Russia with Love and Goldfinger again. Um, and then I, I haven't watched The Hunt for Red October in a while, so maybe I'm due for that again. I know you guys don't like it, so. It's okay. Anyway, um, that, that's news. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, bummer. I mean, Brad sent me a, a meme that made it a little easier. <laughs> what, was the, what was the meme? Uh, I can't describe it because it's, it's hard to describe, but it's really funny. Um, you know how in Mortal Kombat, when you <laughs> win battles, like your, your avatar scales a tower of avatars? So each person you defeat, you, you, you go up one more. Yeah. So this meme has a picture of Betty White on top of like, she's on top of a grayed out Sean Connery uh, and like five other people who died recently. <laughs> and she's doing like the, like the devil horns thing. <laughs> hey Zach, you're breaking up pretty bad. So I think I'm going to do uh, the DVDs. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Uh, v for Vendetta is getting a 4K release. Uh, yeah. Best Buy has a cool steelbook, so I'm going to be picking that up. Were you a big fan of that movie, Brad? I enjoyed it like when it came out, and then when I recently rewatched it at the drive-in uh, a couple weeks a couple weeks ago, you know, it's just so prescient right now. <laughs> mm. Like, I didn't really think that deep on it when it came out, you know, because yeah. it was like 2005. Um, you know, the, the impending fascism wasn't as prevalent. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, yeah. it's just a fun action movie. And now it's, it, I, I, I tried to read the graphic novel a while back and um, it was a little tough, but yeah, how about you? I remember enjoying it. I haven't seen it in a long time. In fact, I'm pretty sure I got the Blu-ray years ago and I never watched it. Um, like It's one of those movies they kept on meaning to rewatch and then I forgot. Um, but yeah, the, the, the steel book is pretty awesome. Yeah. Like the art on it's pretty, pretty sweet. So you're picking that up. Uh, someone has an exclusive gift set. I'm guessing it's best buy to Amazon. They have like a deluxe package of that without yeah. steel book. Uh, Josie and the pussycats. It has a complete series set. <laughs> yeah. It's from Warner archives. Um, Game of Thrones has a complete 4k collection which i think is just a non-special edition version of it so i think if you just want the discs and the special features without all the fancy packaging you can pick that that's up. good because i i think the the special edition version of it is like 350 dollars. yeah so it's cool though like I, yeah. I, I haven't i haven't checked out the show but that that package with all like the wood carved stuff oh great. yeah it's awesome uh antebellum which was i guess a horror movie that was supposed to come out in theaters uh, a couple months ago. Uh, I guess it's going straight to 4K Blue right now, I guess. Um, I, 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 I know it released on premium video on demand not like a month ago. So it must have not have done very well on it because that's yeah. a really quick turnaround. Yeah. Yeah, um, they, they, it, it, got, it got kicked in reviews. I mean, I like... Uh, 
Janae Monell, is that that's how I pronounce her name, right? Janelle Monet. Um, Janelle Monet got Janelle it backwards. Monet. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I'm old. Um but I like her a lot. I thought she was amazing in hidden figures. So I'm I'm intrigued because I wanna I like her. But I don't know about the movie. The trailer didn't sell me on it. Yeah, it, it seems like a rental. It I looked would, like yeah. it would be interesting. It looked like it would be interesting until it looks like it gets convoluted. Yeah. Uh, Dragon Ball Z. Also, can you hear guys hear me better now? Yep. Uh, right now, yeah. Okay. Um, Dragon Ball Z has uh, the first three seasons coming to a steelbook. So, and those other Dragon Ball Z fans out there, um, some like, what is it? Arc, the legacy archival animation stuff. Uh, the Secret of Kells, I guess, is getting a re-release on Blu-ray. Uh, oh, that's uh, actually I wanted to see that. That's um by the guys who did Song of the Sea, and I love that movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I I I started it once, but I never finished it. So I check it out again. Uh, a Cat in Paris is another like indie animation thing that I think might be from the same people, and Chico and Rita. Hmm. Um, they're all like art house animation things that I've seen posters of, but haven't actually checked out. Um, Kick-Ass's 4K Steelbook is listed, but I didn't actually see it on the site when I was browsing. So, uh, and then Forrest Gump in Greece and Bumblebee, which I thought already had a 4K release when it came out. Yeah, those look like they might be Steelbooks or something or repackages. Repackages, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Bumblebee is a Steelbook. Yeah, and which I, I, I ha- yeah, <laughs> I have the 4K Steelbook of Bumblebee for when it came out, so I guess it just must be new art. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and then a Charlie Brown Christmas. That's its once a year Blu-ray release. <laughs> yeah. And that's pretty much it. There's also, did you mention the Grinch has a new artwork cover? <laughs> oh yeah, that's it's for some reason not bolded on the on the list. But yeah, yeah that's it, there too. The, 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 at the bottom of it is like it came without um, it, it came without ribbons, it came without tags, and then the quote just ends there. And I'm like, oh, that's the way you sell a horror movie, not The Grinch. <laughs> At least they spelled his name right for once. Every time I see people write Dr. Seuss, they switch the U and the E around and it bugs the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Those fucking you, dicks. You, you and the Seuss estate. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and I guess last week, because uh, we didn't do this, uh, some cool stuff came out. Parasite on the Criterion collection came yeah. out. So I'm going to try to check that out the next 50% off sale. And uh, The Last Starfighter had an Arrow release, which I totally missed. So hmm. Did you up. see, did the Rambo Steelbooks come out last week too? I did. I bought that. Yeah. Did, are so. they awesome? Because they look awesome. Like I mean, in the pictures. Yeah, the art looks great. I I don't I'm not a big fan of the actual tin can that goes around them. It's just like it's you know, it separates them and creates extra space. Hmm. Um and mine, you know, like of course they gave me the dented one. So <laughs> um but otherwise the, the art's great. Cuz I know as, I think each one's done by a different artist or something. I mean sometimes when you see them, you know, on websites, they look cool, but then they look really cool in person. I, I think it's the same artist for all of it. I mean, they did the yes. outer package and then all the 
things in between. They're they're different from, I mean, they're a little similar to, I think in the UK they had their own release of just mm-hmm. the first three or four because it was before the fifth movie came out, and it was art similar to that. Like it had the you know, like cell shaded look to them, um, but this is definitely like different poses and different, you know. I don't know, arrangements and things. Yeah. It's cool. I, I definitely got it. And I'll probably just put them side by side and put the tin can in storage or something. Right on. Yeah, I was just curious because, I mean, I thought it looked awesome. Yeah. And, I mean, you have to get the fifth one, which kind of sucks. But uh, it has the extended edition in the fifth one, which apparently mm-hmm. adds more character development to why Rambo, you know, built the uh, tunnels under his house and uh, yeah. why he's frustrated with not being able to save people which feeds into why he, like he's i mean it makes sense why he's upset that he couldn't save his i guess stepdaughter <laughs> his inherited daughter adoptive daughter yeah but there's like a, a flood scene or whatever where two people die and he couldn't save them because it wasn't even like uh you know an enemy it was just nature and he couldn't couldn't save yeah. him so check that out eventually but i don't think he's going to save that movie <laughs> i'll just fast forward to the tunnel scene nice that's Where it uh, becomes like he's slasher it's... <laughs> yeah it's just violent home alone <laughs> yeah it's awesome sweet and that's a uh, blu-ray releases for this week and movies we watch throughout the week in a segment we call what we've been watching so, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. I just want to point out, Corinne will be post- posting a new article on our website soon, and she's working on it as, um, as, of we, as we speak. Uh, she was going to join us, but she's covering um, city council for her real job. So uh, she wanted me to tease her new article coming soon. Uh, she sounds, sounds like catching the classic, too. So yeah, we'll do that later, but... Is she really doing the, her job or she just didn't watch Borat and doesn't want to admit it? <laughs> maybe maybe a little bit of both. Who knows? Brad, what'd you watch this week? Uh, not a lot because uh, I was working out of state, but uh, a couple things from last week that I didn't get to talk about that are kind of cool is I watched a movie called The Kid Detective, uh, which is like mystery team if the team was a detective of one and it's a a you know, kid genius who solves all the town's like minor um mysteries like you know where did my cat go or uh who took the pie off of miss so-and-so's <laughs> windowsill you know um mm-hmm. and so you know, he, he's adorable and the town even sets him up with a real like detective office so he can solve minor crimes. And eventually uh, he gets a secretary um, and she actually gets abducted and kidnapped and he can't solve it. And it haunts him for like 20 years and he won't let go of his detective dreams of being a detective. And he spirals out of control into drugs and depression. And eventually um, a murder case comes his way. And so he takes that on you know, wanting to actually solve a major case uh, to kind of absolve himself of not being able to solve the abduction, you know, from his youth. And it mm. kind of dovetails into that that plot. And 
it's not like there, there's a lot of like the movie could be shorter. It, it drags. There's a lot of scenes of uh, Adam Brody is the adult version of the detective. There's a lot of scenes of him just kind of as, uh, like passing out or uh, just sending his life down the tubes, like just getting into a lot of trouble. Uh, but the funny part is um, how matter of fact, some of the dialogue is between people. Um, and it, I wish I, I, I wish it was last week. Cause I, I wish I could remember some of the lines, but um, you know, there's like just casual insults uh, <laughs> that like you're not expecting. Um, uh, what else? Um, yeah, it, it's, it's like a really dark version of mystery team. Um, hmm. From like an, a, a, a like a forty year old's perspective, so. Uh, but I think the mystery is actually pretty cool. So, who's in the theater? Um, check it out if you can. Um, and then what else did I watch? Uh, I've been I've been keeping up with Too Young, Too Old to Die Young, which the nickel which is the Nicholas Win- uh, Wendy Refn uh, streaming series on Amazon. Um, it's it's slow going because it's a slow paced show, but I'm up to like episode six right now, and it's getting really interesting because of the. Uh, I think when I last talked about it, it was episode two, and uh, in episode three, John Hawks enters the show as I think an ex CIA or FBI agent um, who's doing work for some private company as a vigilante. Like he's just killing bad people or people he perceives as bad. Uh, just, you know, not, not even to get paid for it. He's just doing it. And so one of his murders attracts the attention of Miles uh, Teller's, like he's you know, the cop, right? Um, mm-hmm. So Miles Teller tracks him down and, you know, you think you're, he's going to arrest him and the Miles Teller re- reveals that he kind of wants to do what he's doing. Um, so this guy who started out the show as kind of defending his corrupt cop, like a uh, corrupt partner, um, you kind of, it kind of looks like he was helping the people he was harassing by kind of playing both sides. Um, but I mean, he's, he's still a pedophile, but, uh, so there's that problem, but, uh, <laughs> he's not, Minor. he's not a, 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 that much of a hero. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, and then you know his girlfriend, uh, her story is dovetailing with the Mexican cartel, cartel uh, Mexican cartel story. Um, so I, all those two things are going to come to a head. But the the last episode, um, he tracked down uh, these two uh, like porn makers um, who make rapist porn, and he tracked him down to the desert <laughs> and. Uh, just and killed them, which was great. Uh, but what the one guy, the main guy was, uh, Rolf from, uh, the office. <laughs> so that was like a f- fun surprise, like seeing, I mean, his gross seeing him as a, uh, rapist, but yeah, it's like, that's Rolf from the funny office. Um, yeah. And then I've been uh, working through the, uh, Friday the 13th, uh, box set. And I forgot that, uh, Friday 13th New Beginning, like the the main guy who runs the like rehabilitation camp, is the guy who inspires Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade. Yep, yep. <laughs> so I just kept thinking of that. 
Uh, God, that movie is rough. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. You lost a son today, Roy. That doesn't mean you have to lose him again. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just, you know, they have those close-ups of the, like the medic who's actually <laughs> pretending to be Jason. And it like... Roy. Yeah. Like, I wish I could remember the first time I saw it, but like, it, I don't think it fooled me. No. Like, like I, I didn't believe... Because I, 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 without the special features, I don't, I don't think I even put together that the the kid who like gets picked on and gets killed, um, like that's his son. Oh, well, I mean, at the end of the movie, they show like a eight, like a little pocket picture in his wallet of them together. Yeah, yeah I didn't. I totally missed that. So, but I also don't get why if he knew who his son was. I thought the place that they were sending those kids to was like some orphanage with trouble with troubled teens or something. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Um, yeah. The Friday the 13th Phantom movie. It doesn't have to make sense. <laughs> yeah. Friday 13th there uh, real quick though. Uh, you know, I was excited about the, you know, the visual transfer, but that 3d camera really blurs the corners. Yeah. So Compared to like a new beginning looks better than uh, three, and it's I don't think it's even remastered. So, um. well, I think because um, I've been watching them too, but even the ones that haven't been remastered, I think they look really good because they're on their own disc now. Oh yeah, and, and they like uh, have a higher bit rate, so they they run a little better. And I can, I mean, I pick up details even in I watched part eight yesterday and i mean i picked up things that i've never seen before uh you know and jason has all this like moss growing out of him and stuff and uh he looks like the design of him in part eight looks a lot better in high definition i think yeah i'm only up to seven and just yeah i'm just seeing so much stuff in the background uh because of it but yeah like five and or no i'm up to six um yeah just uh i was just marveling at how crisp I, like most of my experience has been VHS and DVD. Um, mm-hmm. I missed the first round of Blu-rays, but uh, it's just it's just odd that they look so good, like those two, compared to like three, which yeah, like the yeah, lenses three... in that camera system just didn't. Yeah, the, 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 no matter how much you try to polish up a 3D print on film, it's not gonna, it's not built to look same way as 2D, so it's just not gonna. Uh, that is, well, that it's too, better than it looks on the. Oh, sorry. No, I was just gonna say you can tell that they're using they're using two lenses, because if you watch part three, you can see dust and like uh, hair and stuff. Yeah. That they, yeah. That they can't get rid of because it's just part of what it is. Yeah, that's my point. Is like it was kind of an experimental, like thrown together for that movie process. You know, like yep. uh, special features they show you know, the makeshift rigs they made for that. And it's just like, it'll never get better than that. Like no matter how they clean it up, it's always going to have this blurry uh, out of sync um, picture, which is unfortunate, but you can see that in other 3d films, like house of wax and dial M for murder. Like no matter how much they up res it, it's still like, it's still clearly different than any other film that's made in 2d of the era. So uh, it's why if they do, nightmare on elm street the series at all like friday or freddy's dead the final nightmare is gonna probably be the one that looks the shabbiest because there was sequences for 3d in it so yeah 
So, yeah, I think that's all I got. Zach? Well, it's me. Can you guys hear me okay, first of all? I mean, yep. now, but you'll talk and then it'll break up. You know, it's just, that's how it is. Okay. So, all right, I'll do my best. Um, I watched a shit ton in between um, this and uh, the last time in Film Explosion. So, buckle up. Um, after we recorded... Um, our last regular episode, I rewatched Ghost Stories um, uh, from 2018. Uh, the movie's still fun. I actually enjoyed a lot more the second time around um, than I uh, uh, did the first time. Um, and uh, just kind of basking in that, uh, that the story is, is typical of a kind of a ghost story twist to it by the end where, you know, it's it's an ending you could call, but I feel like they're just pulling it off pretty beautifully. Um, but that was like the second time I've seen it this month. So the more I, the more I rewatch it, the more I'm getting fascinated by it. Like it's, I want to see the stage version that they did in London because which obviously I'm not going to be able to see for a long ass time because of COVID, but it sounds like it's a fucking blast on stage too. Um, so, cause I watched it the week before and I was kind of like, Oh, this is working better for me. And now, rewatching it again i was like this is this is just this is an unsung gem for me um and then that's the night i i rewatch i not rewatched this was a first time watch it was a movie that i had never seen before but had been recommended um uh through attaboy clarence called the devil doll with lionel barrymore ryan um we need to do a commentary on this movie for real nerds um it's kind of insane and also very sweet. Um, Lionel Barrymore plays a uh, a wrongly accused murderer um, or, or embezzler who uh, escapes. He escapes prison with a scientist, and this scientist has developed a way to shrink people down to one sixth their size, solve the problem of world hunger. The scientist dies. Uh, Lionel Barrymore teams up with his, the scientist's wife to use the sh people shrinking technology to get revenge on the bankers who had him committed to prison. Um, and so the result is Lionel Barrymore basically pretending to be an elderly toy shop owner woman. So he walks around in a granny suit and then proceeds to shrink all of the people that wronged him. And yet there is a story within it about a daughter coming to terms with the fact that her father probably wasn't guilty of the crime he committed and having to learn to let that anger go. This movie is really good. I just didn't expect it to have the heart it did. I thought, oh, shrinking people, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a little bit more on the cheesier side, but it'll have some fun. This is like a fucking really good movie. Um, it's not great, but it's really good. Um, and it's part of uh, universe Warner Warner Archives has a Legends of Horror collection that has this and Return of Doctor X that Humphrey Bogart movie where he essentially plays a vampire in it. Um, so Ryan, I, if we if I can get a copy over to you, I want you to watch it. Tell me what you think because I'm not going to sell you on it being super insane, but it's kind of weird how the two things in the movie kind of combine. Um, uh, I rewatched In the Mouth of Madness and The Thing for one of my horror double features. Uh, In the Mouth of Madness still fucking rocks. Um, and 
the thing still rocks. I mean, in the mouth of madness, I think needs a better. Somebody needs maybe if 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 nobody else does this, maybe I will talk like an article talking about like how genius that film is because I don't hear many people talk about it, even though Scream had the good sense to put it out on a Blu-ray. So clearly, it has some merit, right? No, that's but, one of my my favorite Carpenter films. I know it, it's really good. Um, and then I rewatched the first Insidious, uh, and uh, that. That movie still works. I talk a little bit more about it on the film Explosion, which just dropped today. Um, so, but it, it, music, music, I love the score in that movie. It's still effective. Um, it's again, an example of how James Wan had grown as a director between Saw and that. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Um, I did a double feature of Night of the Living Dead and Land of the Dead. Um, and Land of the Dead, I was hanging a little bit too because night of the living dead i've seen so many times i kind of had it on the background while i was working on stuff um land of the dead though it uh so ryan did they do a new transfer for it on scream uh i don't remember okay because i only have the standard version that you uh gave me after you upgraded but um it still looks pretty damn great um for that transfer uh, are still pretty wonderful in it. I love how this film is kind of out of its mind in terms of the scale of the zombie attacks at this point. Like this is, this goes beyond even Day of the Dead, where like aside from some CGI that I wasn't a fan of that hasn't aged well. Like there's wonderful practical effects in that film. Um, the actors are all on their A game in terms of being in a zombie movie. I really like John Leguizamo in the movie. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, one of those, it's one of those Romero films I don't really go back to that much because I would go back to either Night or Day or Dawn. So, um, but this one I'm going to start making a part of my regular lo- rotation. Um, and then um, I did the um, Attaboy Clarence Film Festival. They showed a bunch of films. Um, I'm not going to talk about all of them. I will bring up a couple of notable ones. Um, and there was a noir that we watched called The Locket, um, which was, it's, it's very much a story about a woman who can't have something that she really wants as a child. And then the story about how that may or may not influence her decisions and relationships down the line. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of great in it. Like the, the twist I didn't see coming and I'm not going to spoil it. Cause Ryan, I told you that you need to pick this up on uh, uh Warner archive. Um, but Robert Mitchum's in it, uh, like an earlier Robert Mitchum, you have Lorraine day from foreign correspondent um, and Mr. Lucky. So it's, it's got a solid cast behind it, but it's definitely worth your time if you can seek it out. Um, and then the other, one of the other ones was night of the hunter, um, which I'd seen before. So, uh, we were watching it, and then after the first day of the festival ended, I put on my Blu-ray of Night of the Hunter on again and watched it twice in one day. Uh, that movie's still great. It's a fucked up fairy tale. Um, it's it's uh, Robert Mitchum as the preacher is just still one of those. He's it's. I sent you a gif of it, Ryan, and I I then asked you how in the hell is there a Robert Mitchum as the preacher gif? That seems wrong. <laughs> like seems like that shouldn't exist, especially if you've seen Night of the Hunter. Um, and then rather than watch the new version of Rebecca, I went back to Hitchcock's Rebecca, um, and that movie's still wonderful. Um, 
And then uh, on the second day of the festival, we watched a couple of films. We watched Caligari, um, uh, which I didn't realize there's a newer transfer of that from Kino. So I'm picking that up this week. Um, uh, we saw a movie called False Faces, which is a movie about a guy who uh, is not a doctor and he per uh, performs botched plastic surgeries. And it's a cautionary tale about this true case that actually happened where a guy was uh, basically butchering people and getting away with it. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's a very prescient film because of the way the lead character in the film justifies his actions and how it's relevant to some unseemly things that will hopefully be gone by Tuesday. Um, and then we rewatched The General uh, with Buster Keaton. Um, that movie's still pretty wonderful. I mean, the backdrop is obviously got that similar like pro pro confederate mentality but the but the comedy in the film is you know, magnificent so if you watch it for what they're doing with those stunts and keaton's timing and comic ability um you're in for a wonderful treat um and then there's a movie called the portrait of jenny with joseph cotton it's out of its mind um it starts off as a melodrama and then ends in a fever fever dream um, I kind of want to rewatch it again, even though the first half of the film I was not a huge fan of. Um, and then I did the Halloween binge. Where I went through the entire Halloween series. Um, and uh, the only ones I didn't rewatch were the zombie ones. And it was just because I ran out of time. But um, the uh, I, I hadn't rewatched Resurrection in a while, Ryan. Um, and I think we need to keep reminding people that that movie exists so that they never make that mistake again. Uh, I, first of all, the version on Scream Factory's box set is an up res, so it's not, it doesn't look the best, but that movie itself doesn't need to look great because it's already doing a good job at being terrible on its own merits. Um, it's, uh, the, the whole notion of the found footage um, mixed with traditional staging and setups is something that I would like to see in another film, but not in a Halloween movie. <laughs> um, uh, I think it, it suffers from not knowing what it wants to be. Mm -hmm. um, there's a interview. I just watched it with, Oh, with Steve Miner on the Friday 13th box set. And he talks about how him and Jamie Lee wanted to kill Michael but the only way that um, they would be allowed to make Halloween 20 years later is if they found a way for them to get out of it. And so that's how yeah. that movie came to and be. And, this, well, and the special features on H2O clarify, elaborate on that, where, where Kevin Williamson was the one who basically gave Mustafa and the Weinsteins their out on that. So then that way they would be able to resurrect michael quote unquote which that when i was younger and i saw resurrection i i would just tell myself okay so halloween resurrection has a really good short a really interesting short film in it and then this whatever this is at um on, for the rest of the like 90 ish minutes going on um but now that i especially now that we have david gordon green's halloween when i watched the first, the, the opening prologue, quote unquote, of Resurrection with Jamie Lee in it, 
it was just like the biggest slap in the face you could see happen. Like I didn't see it that way as a kid. Now I watch them like, this is just fuck you guys. This is terrible. And no wonder Jamie Lee Curtis bashes this me now. Like, cause that, that's a terrible way for Laurie Strode to go out. Absolutely not. Um, I like the idea of her trapping him, but I don't um, like the idea of her being stabbed, stabbed like foolishly in the back because of that trap backfiring. That just makes no sense. Um, uh, so yeah. Um, but I will say rewatching Halloween five and then watching resurrection not too long after um, I think Halloween five, it's a little bit higher in my, in my head than I originally had. I still don't like a lot of elements in Halloween five, but you know, it's still got things I want in a Halloween movie. It's, it's got some fun kills. Uh, it's got Loomis running around. Granted, this is when Loomis is starting to the, uh, starting to become mad to the point of shaking children. Um, but you know, it's, you know, it's, it's got, it's, it's got its high moments. I still love the end where he's, beating Michael to death with a two by four, beating Michael unconscious with a two by four after he's tranked him. Um, so yeah. And uh, the double feature I did of uh, Halloween and Halloween was fantastic. Um, so that, so I basically did 30 days worth of movies, whether I was watching one to three movies a night. So that was uh, a lot of fun. I don't think I'll ever do a binge like that ever again until next year. Um, uh, and then actually in the middle of that, binge i did uh re-listen to war of the worlds the broadcast from 1938 and uh yeah that's also relevant and timely to the times we live in it's amazing how 82 years later there's uh still not a lot that that has changed um and then the last thing that i watched last night um was the petrified forest i watched it again movie still rocks bogart in that movie is incredible um I, i'm assuming that i know james has watched it so i'm assuming right now the only ones that i've watched are me and possibly ryan um but uh it's it's a it, it's a wonderful slick 82 minutes of suspension and uh, suspense and tension inside of this little diner that is just a marvel to watch it's it's really well directed and well executed it's like a pre-noir so but yeah that's all i watched this week guys uh, I didn't watch that much. Uh, I talked a little bit with Brad about the Friday 13 stuff. If you pick up the box set, you won't be disappointed. Um, it's really fun. I think it's cool that they put, they found all the TV spots and added it to the, um, the Blu-rays because I think <laughs> the TV spots are really fun because it's 30 seconds long. So they have to try to put as much as they can into it. Did you see um, uh, which, uh, I forget which one. I think it was five, but like the TV commercial trailer for five had like bare boobs in it yeah it totally did <laughs> like it wasn't censored that, at all no so i'm wondering if it was like a european like tv it must have been yeah spot. yeah um i watched the uh arrow mall rats um release and it's really good um the new scan looks really great uh the movie still makes me laugh every time i watch it and it's like I said, it's the first Kevin Smith film I saw, so I have a a very big soft spot in my heart for mall rats. Uh, it's funny. When I talked uh, about it a couple weeks ago, I totally forgot there was a second disc for that. <laughs> yeah, there is. I, I'm interested to watch the TV version where they dub. I, I was reading a little bit about it, and I guess the dubbed non-curse words are in really bad. Uh, <laughs> like the voices don't match at all. Not even so that. Kind of, um, it, well, it's mostly Jason Mewes didn't show up for his ADR, so they just 
<laughs> got the guy who did the ADR session, the recordist, to go in and use his own voice. And That's it awesome. Is, yeah, I watched the whole thing, and it is wild. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, I, and I just forget, you know, I've seen it so many times. I can probably recite it verbatim. But, you know, you, you still have the moments. <laughs> I love when Willem is looking at the poster, and Shannon Doherty comes up. And he goes, Brenda. <laughs> it's like dick, dick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so. It, it's really meta and it's really awesome. Uh, my little boy wanted to watch a Spider-Man movie, and he wanted to watch the one where he delivers pizza. So I watched Spider-Man too. <laughs> that movie's still probably my favorite superhero movie of all time. I think uh, Tobey Maguire is really great in it. I think the Spider-Man story is great, and uh, Alfred Molina as Doc Ock is incredible. Oh, he's wonderful in that movie, God. Yeah. Um, so that was really fun to watch again. You know, I always revisit the Spider-Man films throughout the year. I'll always... I, I won't go a year without watching them all. Um, I, I love those movies for obvious reasons. I have a question, Ryan. When Kellen sure. sees the Green Goblin in... Well, maybe the first one, too, but also in that second one, especially where Willem Dafoe is looking especially terrifying... Does Kellen giggle at that, or does he get, get a little bit of a jump from that? Uh, he doesn't do either. He gets excited because he he likes Spider-Man 3. Um, because, I mean, the one thing with Spider-Man 3 is it has lots of action and stuff in it. Yeah. So he likes that it continues the story of Harry Osborn. Okay, for um, sure. It, I was in so many words, though. he can't explain it, because when the Green Goblin shows up, he gets pretty excited. Okay, because I was just like, I, I was, I, as you said, Spider-Man 2, automatically his image of him in the mirror popped up in my head. And I'm like, that's got to be scary for a six-year-old. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, my kid's pretty, you know. He's a tough he, kid. He can get yeah. through Jurassic Park, so. <laughs> yeah, uh, speaking of which, he, I'm always looking for spooky movies to watch with him. And I use the term spooky loosely when I'm talking about Van Helsing from 2004. <laughs> um but, you know, I, I was, because he wanted to watch a movie with monsters in him. I was thinking, I said, well, he might like this one because it's more of an action adventure movie. And, um, yeah, he loved Van Helsing. Uh, I, on the other hand, again, if it... <laughs> <laughs> Steven Summers, like, the, the, the action is there. It's, it's well shot. But it's really... Uh, the story is garbage and convoluted. It, it, it's super convoluted. And then the CGI doesn't hold up very well, which is a bummer. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the Mr. Hyde at the beginning is not that good. Oh. Um, the Dracula transformation is not that good. Uh, it, I don't know. You know, and I, I'm watching and I said, man, this kind of is like Tom Cruise's mummy because, you know, Van Helsing gets bit by a werewolf and he uses his werewolf powers to defeat Dracula. And Tom Cruise does that in The Mummy, but with the mummy powers. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I'll tell you, Ryan, I, I don't hate that movie, but because I saw it when I, I was young enough when I saw it in the, in the theater that it was fun for me. But as I'm older, I'm in this, I'm in this middle boat between you and Kellen where I still enjoy the, the action and the, you know, and the, you know the fun of it but i'm also like yeah this this story is just nothing i yeah. love that opening sequence though in and black and white all yeah all over the place in tone um yeah it's just 
just bizarre. But I mean, I think the werewolf transformation where he's ripping off his skin, I think is cool. And (laughs) when I was watching the special features, uh, I guess Steven Summers just like, man, I haven't seen this. That's what I'm going to do. There was really no rhyme or reason behind him making the movie. It's basically, (laughs) I haven't seen this. I'm going to make it this way. Um, like you're getting the mummy guy to do it like he's just like well yeah i I guess i could throw the other monsters in now (laughs) yeah um and and the last thing i watched is i rewatched anna and the apocalypse from uh last year um it's a zombie musical and i really like this movie i got the i had to import the film from canada um because for some reason it hasn't been released on blu-ray in america so um I was really disappointed, though, because it had a, a bonus feature, and it says, behind the scenes, the behind the scenes, I'm not joking, is it was two minutes and 36 seconds. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. So everything's um, on the screen. Yeah. Um, so, no, there is um, Second Sight put out a Blu-ray in England that is all regions. It's out of print, but I found it on eBay. And it's $32 and it has like four hours of bonus features. Um, Cause I guess there's also a cut of the film that's way more violent. So uh, yeah. Uh, it's, a, I, I, it's Scottish, right? Scottish yeah. Film? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm interested. I don't know about, have, have you ever bought anything off eBay, either of you? Like a movie that's an import, and it. I, 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 I just did. It's uh, the Street Fighter, um, the movie. It's Brit. It's the British version. Is um, it locked? I, yeah, I, I need a special Blu-ray player to watch it because it's Region B. I, hmm. I, I'm tempted to do it now for the first time because there's a movie that they sh- um, that that I want to get that's uh, the best possible version that I can find is like a region zero, like a Spain import or something. But I'm just like, do I, I don't, I don't know if I have the right player that can play all or whatever. So I would be t- taking a risk. So I don't. Yeah. And that's what I do too. Cause if you read the description of it on second sites website that it's sold out of, they said that it's all region. But if, when I looked at it on eBay, it said region B, but it's the same release. So I don't, I don't know. Well, I know Ryan, um, did you get, did you end up trying to procure that Dawn of the Dead 4K release that's supposed to be coming out? I, uh, no, I'm not going to spend $150 on a 4K movie because you can't watch any of the special features. Yeah. So that's, that's my, that's my thing is like, I want that set, but not for $150 and when the Blu-ray discs themselves are locked. So, yeah, uh, I'm hoping that's, that that's kind of Scream. I'm hoping that Scream will release Dawn of the Dead or Arrow. Well, we will, gotta, and the guy who holds the rights has to kick the bucket first. We got to get that out of the way. Did you just put the disc in and see what happens? Or... Uh, well, so I mean, I I haven't got the second site when I have the Canadian like lame one, but okay. that's I mean I I don't know. I was just seeing because if I spend thirty two dollars on it, which I can get on Amazon. I just want to make sure that it will work because if not, then it'll just sit on my shelf. It'll be $32 for a plastic case. So I, 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 I tested my player with like, like I have this Japanese DVD um, mm-hmm. that like Adam gave me and it said it wouldn't do it, but that's also a different set of regions. That's like one, two and three mm. um, and Blu-rays are A, B and C 
Uh, yeah. So I'm, I might try to pop that Street Fighter in and see what happens. Um, Ryan, Mar- Ryan Marshall um, Rosales, the guy I had on a couple times for Shamley, he knows a lot about that stuff, so he might be a person to ask. I can, I can inquire for you. Sure, you should. Thanks. Yeah. The next step yeah. is to just get a region-free player. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, that's what I watched this week. Sweet. This week on Real Nerds, we streamed Borat subsequent movie film. Brad, should people stream the new Borat? Uh yeah, I think it's uh it's fun. Um it's it's cool to revisit that character. Um it's unfortunate it took this long, because uh, I think some of the uh, like impact is is gone. Um, it's it's not as biting as it once was, but um, it, it's kind of like uh, Bad Grandpa, where they take you know the documentary style gags and just add the story to it. Um, and I, I think it'd almost be better if it was just the story part. So um, yeah, it's, it's all right. Yep, that. Um, yeah, I think you should. Um, I was um, hesitant on um, when I heard the news that they were going to make it. So watching it today, um, I was shocked to find that there's not a heart in this movie. Um, I also realized that because it has been 14 years since Borat first came out that I felt incredibly old because I just – I. I it, nothing changed like he, he's still in that role and and the movie's still pulling the gags that the first one did i just was i was feeling this weird disconnect and i guess we in order to talk about it we need to get past the trailer so but yeah i would definitely check it out especially if you've got prime and you've got some time on your hands and you felt curious about it uh yeah um i think it's fun um i mean i had a lot i, I had a lot of fun watching it uh, but yeah, Brad, you're right. It's like a Brad, bad grandpa kind of setup where there's an actual story arc to it. And then it, it's a, interspersed with um, actual prank um, interviews and things like that. But yeah, it was a lot of fun seeing the character again. And uh, we'll talk about it after the trailer. But here's a trailer for Borat, subsequent movie film. Ago, I released a movie film which brought great shame to Kazakhstan. But now I was instructed to return to Yankee land to carry out secret missions. I go to America! What do you say? No, it's not me. People may recognize my face. I would need disguises. This man is a sex criminal? No, no sex for me. I will take this to be a fat like American man. Yeah? This is a good one. <laughs> Where is his crumb? What is problem, officer? That's somebody that's strapped to the top of your car. He's in that passenger seat, boss. Only men and bears are allowed inside car. I'm here to give my daughter as a gift to someone close to the throne. I need dress with real sexy peels. Uh, this is a bag that just goes mm, over the dress. They're nice. I really like this. Let us present Sandra Jessica Parker Drummond. I want 
this one with the baby on it. Oh, oh, oh. <gasps> I have a baby inside me. Can you take it out? No, we cannot. That's not what we do here. I feel bad because I was the one who put the baby in her. Did you ever put one in your daughter? No, I did not. Where is everybody? They're wanting everybody to quarantine so they don't spread this virus. Could I stay in your home? I hope quarantine mm -hmm. never ends. What is more dangerous, this uh, virus or the Democrat? Democrats. 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 I, killing some of the virus. No, you can't see the virus. No, it's still there. If you think you see a virus go like that, this makes the virus you... sleepy. And then when it's sleeping... Your daddy has a lot to learn. My daddy is the smartest person in the whole flat world. <laughs> and while the risk of coronavirus remains low, as the president said yesterday, we're ready for it. Michael Penis, I brought the girl for you. Borat's subsequent movie film... You fist me. Right. Uh, now I fist you? All right, there you what go. do you prefer? You fist me or I fist you? Same time. Fist each other. There, yeah, you, go. there you go. So in it, Borat <laughs> has been put in oh, a labor prison for the movie he made with uh, in the original in Kazakhstan was not happy with it. Yes. And he made his country look like a fool, so he had to be punished. Yep. And he <laughs> he goes when he goes back home, his sons have abandoned him and distancing themselves from him. Found a new father. And, yeah, and so he um, so he decided to uh, visit his daughter who lives in the barn. <laughs> um, and she comes along with him on his voyage to America, but she does so by sneaking in with this monkey movie star that was originally supposed to be a gift to Mikael Pence and um, Johnny <laughs> the, <laughs> and the, the monkey's dead because <laughs> she ate uh, his face. Um, but yeah, so then the rest of it is him trying to offer her to Michael Pence as a marriage and she's getting a boob job and it's just crazy. Um, yeah. Yep. <laughs> It, he's offering uh, her to them because otherwise his country will will kill him this time. Yep, such as his death. <laughs> yeah, because um, they're trying to they're trying to um, align themselves in the same leadership pool that uh, this current administration has been collecting, as they show in that montage. Um, but uh, I actually enjoyed the the surprise reveal. Is like it wasn't that. It was that. Uh, yeah, the host <laughs> of the COVID virus is <laughs> spreading it all around, which I, I did not see coming. No, and I love the cameo with Tom Hanks in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that he gave it to Tom Hanks. Clearly <laughs> <laughs> yeah. green screen, but yeah, 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 yeah. And that's okay. Um, but you know, I yeah, it's a funny movie. I mean, I think I'm always going to call Donald Trump McDonald Trump now. Um, little Trump because <laughs> it's just funny um, yeah, yeah the, I, the story was like my most like the thing I was most interested, interested in the, the gags were just like oh they were funny but like they didn't they didn't have that shock value that I remember of having um, when I saw the first one in the theater 
Yeah, and I think that's why he had his daughter doing a lot of the, you know, the shocking stuff. Because right away at the beginning of the film, they establish when he's in America, people are chasing him around. Yeah, like they recognize him. Like so, and which I'm glad that they address the fact that you can't do another Borat movie if people are going to recognize you on the street. But there Uh, is, you know, really poignant moments too when he goes and visits a synagogue and talks to Holocaust survivors. um, Yeah. Which is a really powerful moment when he comes in and he looks like, um, you know, looks like an ass because of what he expects uh, Jewish people to look like. And for the, those ladies to say, hey, you know, you're being really ignorant, but not in a mean way, but actually helping him understand what happened, I think is, uh, is I think, the best part of the film. Yeah. It's a, it's the moment of film that I know has come under some fire from, like, the, I guess the people involved sued him because they, um, they claimed that he did not reveal um, the, what the gag was, but he did one of those survivors in there, he did apparently reveal his identity to that person to clarify why the, why he was doing the gag. Um, so it was like one of those times where he broke character to explain what was going on. Cause he had respect for the fact that this is a Holocaust survivor talking about her experience. So um, it's, it's amazing how emotional that moment is. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, at the same all- time, like a lot of those gags are depressing because you, yeah. you see what people like are willing to like the two uh like guys in the in the log cabin yeah mm-hmm. um yeah. like they they willingly like have a, like a rational interpretation of some things and then others are just completely like how can you believe that but also believe that like if if this film has a powerful moment of expose journalism w- tucked within it it's that moment because it's it because it, as you said it shows like how rational they can be on one end but irrational on the other one and so it's like it, it's kind of boggling it's funny but it's boggling at the same time yeah, um, I, I mean i think it's scary too because you have yeah. the things they're saying about hillary clinton and stuff you go wow yeah yeah this is this but they is, but they take covid seriously it's just like wow yeah that that was a feeling i had throughout the majority of the film was that so the first Borat kind of deals with general American idiocy. <laughs> like it's not like, and it's coming off of the Bush era. So it's, it's very far removed from the start of that term. So it's more talking about American culture in general. And the, 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 the focus on this is so specific, which is a welcome uh, addition to how he handles the Borat character. Um, but it was kind of one of those things as you're watching it while there's, while I'm laughing, I'm also like, Oh fuck, this is so close to what we're like. This is literally what we're dealing with this second. So it's like depressing and hilarious at the same time. I don't like, it's a weird feeling to describe. Um, but, uh, it made me wonder, and I'm curious what you guys think. Um, does the fact that this movie is, uh, like very immediately relevant, um, do you think that's going to harm anybody's interest in watching the movie a couple of years down the line? No, I, I, I think because it has a lot to say, um, not only about what's happening in America right now, but also how the world, uh, what I'm trying to say, it, it, they need, it needs to be explained. You know, it needs to have context and the stuff with, 
um, the spreading of misinformation, whether it's whether the Holocaust or um, with the coronavirus, I mean, I think it needs to be held in a capsule and say, this is what really happened during this time. So that, and that's what, that's what I kind of came to the conclusion on after watching it was like, if, if, if this film isn't as uh, labeled as a classic as the first Borat is at the very least, it is one of those essential time capsules, as you said, like moments to be like, this is where we were in this four year period of time, or uh, hopefully not eight year period of time where this stuff is happening and going on. Um, And the fact that they, uh, they must have had to adapt heavily when coronavirus hit in order to hit the certain beats that they did. So it's amazing that the film adapts as quickly as it does to the ever-changing pace of the world. Um, and and uh, the, um, the, the daughter, like this woman is fucking incredible in this role. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, her whole side sideline with the babysitter and then her going into that that women conservative women's group (laughs) was super fucking i i it was it it, this is the only thing i regretted about this movie was that it was not in a theater because i would have loved to engage in the laughter around me like the first borat so it's just me and my couch listening to her give that speech and just pounding my fucking the arm of my chair <laughs> like um god when they're, damn in the, when they're in the bakery and she swallows the baby i was like oh i know where this is going and when they take her to the doctor's office that's you know a religious one too and he's yeah and, uh sasha baron cohen's not getting the response he wants and he says but i'm the one who put the baby in her <laughs> He doesn't know what to say. He's he's like, yeah, we we, we still have to, uh, uh, you know, save this baby, or I forget what it said. It's really funny. Yeah, he's like, God, God chooses who makes life, et cetera, et cetera. Like it's, it's. <laughs> oh, and I, I like how that baby call gets a callback when uh, he goes back to get her ball and chain, and he sees she, she's made it into a little Bora, and it's like. Again, this movie has a weird, brilliant mark hit when it comes to emotional content. Like, it's it's amazing how this movie has such a big heart on its sleeve. Um, it's a really good, uh, like, it's a really interesting, heartwarming father-daughter story amidst this political satire. Like, it's... <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, did you guys think uh, Rudy Giuliani was tucking in his pants? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's heavily there, edited. Yeah. There, there, there's an argument of like, well, he's adjusting his mic and whatnot, but I'm like, this all looks yeah, it is. It's just it's just really weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's, like to even go like the lead up to that is obviously cut out, but it, it's weird that like they just jump to the, the bedroom from that interview. You're like yeah, I don't know. No, it's like why would you it. do that at all? Like, I, if you don't know, it's a gag. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a selling point of watching the movie, um, and it's damning footage. But like to me, like what, for all the hoopla that was surrounding that moment, the 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 moments in the film that hit harder to me were like when they go to the 
anti-lockdown rally. Um, again, we were talking about the fellows in the log cabin. Um, there's just, there's pocket moments of this film that like are, there's haunting imagery amidst what is going to be like very dark, you know, humor going on about it. And I think it, I think it strikes a good balance with it. Oh, also my favorite gag in the movie, hands down, is the fact that he has to keep faxing um, Kazakhstan's premiere <laughs> at this little fax shop. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> then the guy's just rolling with it <laughs> and he's making him write it for him which is great sends you a picture of this and it's the premier's dick and then another one sorry that was for someone else <laughs> the one gag i was like surprised didn't go anywhere was the uh the haircut oh, oh yeah <laughs> like I, I was building something like great and it was just like yeah, he's like, no, that's a good haircut. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tedious. Yeah, just like yeah. being weird about it. But yeah, it didn't like reveal anything. Other than the guy was not uh, unfazed by the fact that it was a person. His, his evidence of him being a good hair groomer was that he shears animals and then the men, uh, the, the pubes of men who are going to be executed. So, <laughs> um, and then I, I actually like, I, I, I like the ending a lot. Like, I think it's, it's, solidifies the ground that you wouldn't need to revisit this character again but um i found it interesting like thinking about it like this must have been the only way that cohen only in this time that we're living in could uh cohen bring the character back because like i don't think you'd be able to do it under any other circumstances because of how big borat was in 2006 so the fact that he got away with it again is 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 pretty astounding um and uh yeah it, it's worth it. Yeah. Um, so next week, I'm, there's a Kevin Costner movie that's in movie theaters. If you guys want to see it, what is the, it? The Superman prequel? No, it's called. Uh, oh man, it's like Stay with Me. No, Stay. I fudge. Let him go or something. <laughs> yeah, hang on. <laughs> no, but it is a. It's a Superman prequel because if you think about it, like their mom pa Kent trying to. It is true. Diane Lane is in it. Yeah, they're trying to. They're on a ranch. They're they're trying to get their son back from other people. That's that son is Kal El, obviously. And we checked the <laughs> cast listing to see if her name is Martha. Yeah. Okay. So we get to see the badasses that Mon Park Pa Kent were before. <laughs> before Superman grew, Superman grew up. In the uh, Let Him Go is the name of the movie. Hmm. I mean, that's it. Yeah, that's something we could do. <laughs> I mean, it's in theaters. That's what I got. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we should always defer to theaters to support them if we can. Yeah, or so. um, there's also that Come Play horror movie with uh, Gillian Jacobs. Yeah. That looks like it's fun. But we'll, one of those two. And then I know that the following week it looks like it's freaky um, with yeah. Vince Vaughn. Yeah, Blumhouse, yeah. so we'll probably do that. Yeah. Yep. So uh, at least a couple movies. Ninja Turtles nineteen ninety is playing in theaters this week as oh, a Fathom, right. Fathom yeah, event. So do another episode on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, let's just do it twice this year. Dude, I I, I kind of would be down for that. <laughs> nah, it's all right. I'll put you guys through that. <laughs> I just I just I I really enjoyed that commentary we did. If anybody's listening who hasn't wa- listened to that commentary, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> I mean, we can still go watch it. I don't know if we do an episode on it when there's two new movies out. So I'd be down to go. 
it's playing. I've tried to decide if I want to do all three days or just the one day. <laughs> I feel like I should do all three. Be a diehard fan. You'll never, you'll never get this chance again. <laughs> oh, it reminds me, uh, the new Turtle comic, The Last Ronin, came out this week. Yeah, it's awesome. Did you get it? I did. Yeah, I'm excited because I guessed the turtle right. So, <laughs> go me. It's yeah, it's pretty awesome. And Ryan, at the Alamo, Casablanca Dapper screenings. I saw that. Ooh, God. Should we go in our finest suits? <laughs> I'll be Ugati. You'd be Rick. And then I can escape halfway through the movie because I've been taken away. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah. And, um, yeah. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening and have a nice day.